Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I am done. Done with the National Football League, the Philadelphia Eagles. I pulled this big magnet off my car that's been there for four or five years. Done. Any organization that believes and whose members believe that this nation is systemically racist, that the people who sit in those stands are systemically racist, that the people who overpay for the beer and the popcorn and the peanuts and all the rest of it, So the players can walk away as multimillionaires and the owners as billionaires who can pay, in effect, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, $40 million a year, who are systemically racist. I want nothing to do with these people. Nothing whatsoever. Look how they they blaspheme you and your family, your kids, your grandkids, your, your friends. Systemically racist. The fans, black, white, whatever, you, whatever, we make these people filthy wealthy. And then they lecture us. They put us down. And I'm done with ESPN, too. ESPN is 24-7. Systemically racist, systemically racist. Okay, then stick it. You understand, if we are systemically racist, if we have racism in our DNA, if the founding of the nation was flawed and forever flawed, cannot ever be improved upon, then the point is you can never, ever dig your way out of this. So it's a constant ideological and political gun to the head of each and every one of us, our children, our society. And the answer is always the same thing. Elect Democrats and the country should move hard left. Who's benefiting from this? Just watch the news. The same leftists who go after the president, who go after conservatives, they're celebrating this. Their ratings are through the roof. And they keep showing us polls how the president's ratings are dropping, dropping, dropping. And I'm watching ESPN. I shut it off. No more ESPN. Who the hell needs it? And they're constantly attacking Trump, who had nothing to do with this. Not the Democrat Party. I haven't heard the Democrat Party criticized on ESPN. I haven't heard Barack Obama criticized on ESPN or Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or any of these Democrat mayors or governors. Haven't heard them once criticized by ESPN. Why? Because 98% of the people who are on ESPN, white, black, in-between, broadcaster, athlete, are voting Democrat. Democrat. And it's not just the NFL. It's the NBA and so forth. What you have are these leagues 
with these spectacular athletes, the majority of whom are African-Americans, and the owners, the majority of whom are white. And the commissioner, the commissioner is so down with the, with the protests. Guy's getting $40 million. If he's really down with the protests, why the hell doesn't he say, you know what? White privilege. The society is systemically racist. I'm stepping down, and I insist that the owners choose an African-American. You never hear that. And what you never hear from these multimillionaire and billionaire African-American athletes is, you know what? I live in the community I came from. You know what? I send my kids to the schools in the community I came from. No, they don't. I don't think any of them do. But that's all right. They stand with Black Lives Matter. Why don't they live in these communities? Why don't they send these kids, their kids, to the schools in these communities? You want to know why? They're hypocrites. They're frauds. They want to live where they live. They want to earn what they earn. Because, you see, their success is earned. The rest of you, your success is not earned. It's not earned. They're treated like kings. Female sports treated like queens. Whatever the race. Treated like kings. Treated like queens. They make money that's unimaginable. They live in palaces. Wherever they want to. But they don't live in Watts or Harlem. Or Newark. Or Camden. Or North Philly. Or West Philly. Or the South Side. None of them. Oh yeah, they'll go back on Thanksgiving and hand out turkeys. They'll send up a foundation for a million, ten million, maybe a hundred million like Michael Jordan who's worth well over a billion dollars just put up. Sure. But you know what? Money's cheap for a lot of these folks. Again, all races. And talk is even cheaper. And everybody works themselves into this hysteria about racist America. This is the least racist, most diverse nation on the face of the earth. There's not another place like it. Not another one. Period. Period. You want to know why LeBron James lives where he lives? Michael Jordan lives on Jupiter Island, among other places. You want to know why he he lives where he lives? You want to know why Steph Curry lives where he lives? Or who's this jackass, this guy was saying it to this Greg Popovich, where he lives where he lives? Not only are they spectacular hypocrites, but they're not stupid. They're not stupid. Here's a piece from January 11, 2017 by the great Dr. Walter Williams. May I say an African-American who is not on a single news program. Instead, the more radical left, the bookers want you desperately. But not Walter Williams. Now these are facts. I know this is hard. 2017. The FBI reported that the total number of homicides in 2015 was 15,696. Blacks were about 52% of homicide victims. 
That means about 8,100 black lives were ended, this is for 2015, violently. And over 90% of the time, the perpetrator was another black. Now, let's stop right there. Have you heard this on ESPN? Have you heard this by these white liberals? Did you hear this from Steph Curry or Popovich, Biden, Pelosi? Have you heard it from any of them? None of them. And yet this is where the slaughter is taking place. And this is why none of these folks want to live in these communities. It's not because of the police. It's because of the crime. It's the homicide. And this is just homicide. I'm not talking about rape, burglary, robbery, assault. I'm not even getting into that. Walter Williams goes on. Listening to the news media and the Black Lives Matter movement, this is... This is more than three years ago, Walter Williams. One would think that black deaths at the hands of police are the major problem. It turns out that in 2015, police across the nation shot and killed 986 people. Of that number, 495, or 50%, were white. 258 were black, that's 26%, and 172 Hispanic, 17%. A study of 2,699 fatal police killings between 2013 and 2015 conducted by John Lott and Carlisle Moody. And John Lott doesn't appear anywhere either. The Crime Prevention Research Center demonstrates that the odds of the black suspects being killed by a police officer were consistently greater than a black suspect getting killed by a white officer. Got that? Politicians, he says, race hustlers in the news media keep such studies under wraps because these studies don't help their narrative about racist cops. The homicide victim is not the only victim, whether he is a criminal or not, for there are mourning loved ones. No one ever fully recovers from having a son, daughter, husband, mother, or father murdered. Murder is not the only crime that takes a heavy toll in the black community. Blacks are disproportionately represented as victims in every category of violent crime. Forcible rape, robbery, and aggravated assault. That's why you can be a billionaire athlete, a multimillionaire athlete, a billionaire Hollywood star, or multimillionaire, or a coach, or a sports guy, whatever, whatever race, sit back and say, hey, black lives matter, police brutality, but they never talk about this. These communities that they specifically choose not to live in. The schools they specifically choose not to send their children to. They're busy living with the rest of the systemically racist society. Why is that? Why is that? Because we're living a lie. Because between the media and the Democrat Party and some of the phony leaders, we're living a lie. The fact is that the overwhelming majority of the people who you hear, who are in our culture, some of whom are iconic, will vote Democrat. Are Democrats. Damn near every one of them is a a hypocrite. A class A hypocrite. They don't live like they speak. Because talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. 
They're not the problem, you see. The fact that they, they want you to believe they're sympathetic to these communities, that they're sympathetic to what's going on in these neighborhoods. But now, hey, I'm not going there. I'm not living there. Well, maybe they're systemically racist. Are pro athletes systemically racist? I'm starting to think. Is Hollywood systemically racist? I don't know. Beverly Hills doesn't look that diverse to me. Brentwood, Santa Monica. Who the hell do you think lives there? Who do you think lives there? Where's Barack Obama live? He doesn't live in any tough neighborhood. He buys a $15 million estate on Martha's Vineyard, buys a five, six, seven, eight million dollar property in a quiet part of Washington, D.C. He's building his library in a community that doesn't want the library because he's taking out all kinds of housing. He and Michelle Obama on the video circuit, on the talk circuit, very much down for the revolution while picking up checks from Netflix and all kinds of publishers, they got to be worth three, four hundred million dollars. Oh, that's okay, Mark. That's okay. So he sits back, and she sits back. And they say, speak out. Rise up. Speak out. Just don't bother me and Martha's Vineyard. No, 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 no. So ask any one of these BLM supporters who's an athlete, who's a broadcaster, who's an actor, who's a politician. Where do you live? No, no, but I give my, I didn't ask you that. Where do you send your kids to school? Why do you support a party that has controlled most of these cities for at least 50 years, that has destroyed the educational system? That's in charge of the police forces. That does everything possible to prevent investment in their communities, enterprise zones, and so forth. Why do you support a party that supports that? They're never asked. Where does Jake Tapper live? Where does Don Lemon live? Where does Andrea Mitchell live? I don't know. Do they live in majority black communities? If not, why not? Why not? Why don't they speak out about the crime that's going on in these communities? And who's doing what to whom? It's horrific. If you're a victim, it's horrific. It's horrific. You want real change? Real change. Not the pablum you're here on ESPN. Not the pablum coming from Obama. Not the pablum coming from the Democrats on Capitol Hill. Not the pablum from the white liberals in the media. No, no, no. You want real change? Then break out of one-party rule. Break out of the centralized, top-down socialist model. It can't work. It starves people all over the world. It punishes people all over the world. You want real radical reform? It's not Marxism. That's for sure. But the NFL, I'm telling you the truth, won't be discussed here, won't be on any of our televisions. They get nothing from me. And if you're smart, you'll BDS them. They BDS us on the left. Boycott, divest, and sanction. I'm going to boycott, divest, and sanction the NFL. 
boycott it. If you think the nation is systemically racist, all you millionaires choose to live with apparently systemically racist people. Again, it doesn't have to just be white. Just in wealthier communities. Clearly, if you're wealthier, it's systemically racist. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Now the Democrats about systemic racism in the police force. The Democrats control the House of Representatives. Has there been one suggestion that they disband the Capitol Police, Mr. Producer? Well, the racism is systemic, so it's not a matter of a few people. The whole system is poison. So why don't they disband the Capitol Police Force? And what about Pelosi and the others with personal protection? See, they don't live what they tell you. Nancy Pelosi has a, has a winery in Napa Valley. She lives like a queen. Yet she knows what's going on in these communities. But I tell you what, she knows. She would never live the way she tells everybody else to live, like these athletes. Never, ever. Now, there's a big picture of them taking a knee. The Democrats in Congress are taking a knee. Now, that's not a photo op. You see, only Trump does photo ops. And they did it for almost nine minutes in honor of George Floyd. How about in honor of George Floyd? They get off their fat asses and actually do something in these cities that they control with an iron fist. Get off your knee, get off your ass, and do something intelligent and effective. I'll be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Levin was a kid. His teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. I'm happy to debate any of these coaches and athletes and sportscasters, any damn one of them. In fact, I'll take on two or three at a time. Because I'll tell you what. They're ripping off the black community more than anybody else. Oh, you ready for this? Let's take basketball. If you have a modest income or if you have a relatively low income, you can barely afford to take your family to a basketball game. Because everybody has their hand in the till. The owners, the league, especially the players. Hot dogs like eight bucks, right, Mr. Producer? Beers, ten bucks. Bag of peanuts is five bucks. Say you go with your wife or your husband and you got two kids. How much is the cheapest ticket? I don't even know. It's not cheap. So maybe for one night at a basketball, a couple hundred bucks, would that be about right? Mr. Producer? Easy, a couple hundred bucks. couple hundred bucks from somebody who breaks their ass as a janitor, a security guard, maybe has their own little store in the inner city. That's a lot of money. And where's the money go? To billionaires and millionaires. Billionaires and millionaires. It goes to Seth Curry. It goes to Greg Popovich. It goes to LeBron James. Now let's talk about cable for a second, particularly the sports package, which includes all the sporting events, NFL, basketball. You know, if you get basic cable, it's like depending on where you live, could be 120 a month, maybe 140 a month. But if you want that sports package, oh yeah, you're paying more for that. Where's that money going? Same people. Plus Comcast. And Comcast owns what? NBC and MSNBC. You know where all those liberal reporters are and get paid a fortune? They're taking us all for a ride. All of us. What kind of change do they want in these communities? Look at them. They talk socialism. They're the biggest capitalist pigs in existence. All of them. To use their language, not mine. So they don't live in these communities they talk about? They don't send their kids to these communities they talk about? They rip off people who come from these communities and are fans? They rip them off through cable TV? They rip them off for the price of the tickets? They rip them off for the price of a damn beer and hot dog? 
Who's doing that? The system. You see, the system's doing it. The system's racist. Oh, really? How about Hollywood? How do these people become worth 10, 100, 150 million dollars? By ripping you off. That's how. But it's your choice. It's voluntary. Of course, it's our choice. But they're still ripping you off. They have no skin in this game. As Biden used to say. They have have no... What am I trying to say? They're not invested, really, in any of this. Put out videos. They go on the internet. They trash people who don't agree with them. It's like Kaepernick taking a knee. Now everybody should take a knee. Everybody should disrespect the flag. Everybody should agree on police brutality. I don't agree on police brutality. The stats just don't show it. Hey, white privilege. That's another one. White privilege. Tell me, how many of these ESPN hosts, how many of these athletes, how many of these CNN and MSNBC hosts, how many executives of Comcast have gone to Appalachia? You know what you're going to see in Appalachia? The worst kind of poverty. White privilege up there in Appalachia. White privilege. In many of the poor little towns that don't happen to be New York or Washington, D.C. or Minneapolis. You know, there is a world outside these metropolitan areas, but you wouldn't know it. There's a big world out there with millions and millions of people beyond these metropolitan cities. And you got black people and brown people and yellow people and red people and white people. Most of whom have never gone to college. Most of whom have no chance of earning a million, two million, forty million dollars a year. And you talk to them about white privilege. And you talk to them about systemic racism. These people talking about our country have no idea who lives in this country. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. I don't need lectures from a $40 million a year NFL commissioner whose father was a liberal Republican senator. Truly born in privilege. I don't need to hear his crap. Who the hell is he to lecture anybody? Systemically racist. Are you systemically racist out there? Well, that's what you're being called. Now, if it's systemically racist, you know what that means? That's how they dehumanize us. We're individual human beings. Some of us are bastards. Some of us are the nicest people on the face of the earth. But by saying these things about an entire race, worse yet, about an entire country, dehumanizes us. Which is exactly what the left wants. Exactly. These football players are sellouts. Basketball players are sellouts. And they're not the only sports. And I'm, I'm not talking about one particular race. I'm saying they're sellouts. This guy, Steph Curry, is a fraud. So is this guy, George Popovich. They can be angry. Oh, we're angry. Oh, we hate Trump. Oh. Oh. 
George Floyd is a martyr. I know this. Because Al Sharpton's been following the family around. George Floyd was horribly murdered. He's a victim of this cop, his brutality. There's no debating that, period. But now we're supposed to destroy our society and move it hard left. Ban police departments. Anybody want to live in a community that bans a police department? Disbands it. Anybody in the NFL? Kaepernick? I don't even know where Kaepernick lives. Where does he live, mister? Does he live in the Watts? Does he live in, uh, does he live in Harlem? Does he live in Newark? Does, where does he live? Does he live in uh, North Philly? I don't know where he is. But he took a knee, man, and that guy's a hero. He took a knee. Not the men and women of all colors who are fighting in Afghanistan, in Iraq. We don't even know their names. Oh, he lives in San Jose in a $3 million house. Okay, I got it. Nice town, San Jose. I used to live in Santa Clara many years ago. I like San Jose. That's beside the point. Beside the point. He's a civil rights leader, Kaepernick. Why? He took a knee. He's changing the entire society. No, he's not. Not changing a damn thing. He's not changing a damn thing. What's he done? He's brought attention to police brutality. Excuse me. I just gave you the information at the top of the hour. You know where the civil rights movement came from, ladies and gentlemen? It didn't come out of the Democrat Party. I can sure as damn tell you that. It came out of the black churches in the South. It didn't come out of the top one-tenth of one percent of the black community or the top one-tenth of one percent of the white community. It didn't come from major league sports, professional sports. It didn't come from sportscasters. It didn't come from a bunch of millennials. It didn't come from people spray-painting It didn't even come from people trashing America's founding. You know, Martin Luther King never trashed the founding. Abraham Lincoln never trashed the founding. These were true, tremendous, once-in-a-lifetime leaders. They didn't trash the economic system. They were focused like lasers on what the problem was. This is no civil rights movement. This is anarchy. This is chaos. This is people feeling good about themselves. This is people who beat their chests and pontificate. And you put something on social media, you put out a video, you feel better about yourself. Ah, I'm down for the struggle. Did you see that video I put out? Oh, man. You see what I got Drew Brees to do? Man, I crushed that SOB. Oh, he's taking knees all over the place. He doesn't have enough knees to take. Oh, man, we got... Oh, and that Carson Wentz, we got him filling. Yep. And the Democrats. Without the black vote, the Democrats cannot win. So who is the Speaker of the House? A white multimillionaire. Who is the 
top Democrat in the Senate, a white millionaire who's been in government his entire life. Who's being nominated on the Democrat side for president? A white multimillionaire. He used to brag about being a crime fighter. Now he brags about being part of the solution. Part of the solution. In other words, they didn't nominate an African-American for president. They didn't nominate an African-American to be speaker. They didn't nominate an African-American to be the Democrat leader. There's not an African-American who runs the NFL. There's not an African-American who runs the NBA. But they're down for the struggle. That's what counts. That's all. That's what counts. It's okay. And don't worry. These same white guys who are making hundreds of millions of dollars a year running these leagues, they stand with BLM. And they agree that the society is systemically racist. Especially the cops are systemically racist. Especially them. Wait till they get to the military. That, that's systemically racist. Oh, no question about it. We've got to get to them too. But the statistics don't, doesn't matter. You want to talk statistics? How can you talk statistics with chaos and anarchy going on? This is why your freedom of speech is under attack. It's not about informing. It's not about dialogue. It's not about engaging. It's about crushing, destroying. It's about putting a scarlet letter on somebody's forehead who you disagree with. It's about threatening. That's what it's about. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. You know, this guy, Steph Perry, and this other clown, Greg Popper, they don't say, you know what, the system is systemically racist. The ownership of the NBA is systemically racist. ESPN, all the other sports channels are systemically racist. I mean, if it's systemic, it's got to be everywhere. That's what that means. So I'm resigning. I want to give my slot up to an African-American or another minority. They don't do that. Why is that? If, it's just, if they got their job because of systemic racism. Now let me show you this. This is from, uh, I'm trying to read. My eyesight has uh, really gone to hell. This is from fatherly.com slash play. 
This is from uh, 2016. They write, the prices for these sporting events have spun out of control. Between the combined cost of tickets, multiple drinks, and hot dogs, parking, and memorabilia like hats and t-shirts. Taking your family out to see live sports now costs twice as much as it did even recently. Now, this is 2016, four years ago. According to recently published numbers, 2016 saw the cost of taking a family four to a single NFL game hit the average of $502.82. Four years ago. For comparison, that's a 232% increase from $151.33 in 1991. Other sports have had similar increases, with an NBA game coming out to an average of $339.02 in 2016, a 139% increase from $141.91 since 1991. Major League Baseball games remain the cheapest of the three at an average of $219, but they've still experienced a whopping increase of 176%. Now, this is 2016. In their own sport, in the game that they play, they have never said ever to the owners... We need to slash ticket prices so more people can get in here who are not quote-unquote privileged. More people can get in here from communities that are poor and minority. I'll slash my salary. We've got to slash the price of food, slash the price of memorabilia with my name and my number on the – you never hear that. Why? There's their own world. They can actually do something. They have no intention of doing anything ever. And then they disrespect you, all of you, regardless of race. They disrespect you, the fans in the audience, NFL, NBA, and all the rest. They disrespect you. You're systemically racist. But please, pay us. Give us the money we want. Same with Comcast. The price for cable is out of this world. Why? Much of it has to do with sports. They have to subsidize these players' salaries. And subsidize the owner's profits. And most of these cable companies are monopolies. No, no, you understand. It's the cops. It's the cops. Get the cops. Vote Democrat. Vote Democrat. It's sick. I'm telling you the truth. You want to come here, come for the truth. I'm prepared to debate any of these people. Any one of them. Any three of them. Open mic. Full hour. I don't want to talk about theory. I don't want to talk about abstractions. I want to talk about reality. Reality. Saying something is systemically racist is saying everything and saying nothing. Everything and nothing. But you feel good about it. You're on the right side of history. The right side of the culture. You're going to get praised in uh, social media. Man, it's cool. Look at Drew Brees. Brees, he's, he's now down for the revolution. He's very cool. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, From a letter from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King writes, April 16, 1963, in part, I quote, One day the South will know that when these disinherited children of God sat down at lunch counters, they were in reality standing up for what is best in the American dream and for the most sacred values in our Judeo-Christian heritage, thereby bringing our nation back to those great wells of democracy, which were dug deep by the founding fathers in their formulation of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. This is why this isn't a civil rights movement today. This is a Destroy America movement. And I said, Martin Luther King was very precise, very careful. He did not want to destroy or attack the American founding. Abraham Lincoln led a civil war. Did more than any human being on the face of the earth for African Americans. And he constantly quoted the Declaration of Independence, constantly, and praised the founders. You have the New York Times. Look, I've told you about the New York Times long before what they pulled on Tom Cotton, which is a disgrace. If I have time, I'll get to that later. Really, I do need five, six, seven, eight hours to do this. But it is what it is. Now, Mr. Producer, on this program, we don't take a knee. Not for anything or anyone. Well, for the good Lord, that's it. And so we're going to play at least once every show the national anthem. Do you have it there? You know, they talk about uniting the country. What do you think the purpose of the national anthem is? What do you think the purpose of the American flag is? What do you think the purpose of these symbols and patriotism? What do you think their purpose is? It's to unite the country. And so when these radicals on the left, 
Antifa, Black Lives Matter, most phony reporters and hosts talk about uniting the country. They don't mean to unite the country at all. Do they look like they're uniting the country? I was communicated over the weekend, I was contacted by uh, two individuals. One is the uh, father of a Secret Service uh, individual who was defending the White House. And another was the father of a National Guardsman, both of whom were in Washington, D.C. That day when the Attorney General, among others, ordered that Lafayette Park to be cleared out. He said the media keeps saying it was peaceful. He said it was a war zone. Absolute war zone. And we weren't permitted to use our billy clubs. We weren't permitted to use any weapons. Nothing. And so we tried to use defensive measures. You know, pepper balls and smoke against bricks, Molotov cocktails and all the rest. And so you hear endlessly about how this is a peaceful protest. The peaceful protest was the Tea Party. The peaceful protest was three, four, five weeks before when across America people wanted their lives, their businesses, and their jobs back. And those peaceful protests have always been attacked by the left. You know, more white supremacy, you know. White privilege. And attacked by the media. These have not been peaceful protests, ladies and gentlemen. They have been violent protests. Maybe not violent all the time, Maybe not violent where all the cameras are there. Maybe not violent by some of the, uh, the knuckleheads who were there. But they were violent. And they want you to separate this group from this group. And the day is fine, but the night's not fine. Did they treat the Tea Party this way? Did they treat people three, four, five weeks ago this way? Of course not. They hated everybody. They don't believe in peaceful protest unless, of course, you're a leftist. Now, I want you to hear some of this now. I want you to hear, most of you don't know who this is. This is the, the coach of the basketball San Antonio Spurs on a video Saturday. Greg Popovich. Cut one, go. I think I'm just embarrassed as a white person to know that that can happen. Uh, to actually watch a lynching. You know, we've all seen books and you look in the books and you see black people hanging up on trees. And you, you are amazed that we just saw it again. I, I never thought I'd see that, you know, with my own eyes in real time. Cut to go. It's important that we as white people, because I think nothing's going to happen. We have to do it. Black people have been shouldering this burden for 400 years. The only reason this nation has made the progress it has is because of the persistence and patience and effort of black people. Uh, you know, the, the, the history of our nation from the very beginning, in many ways, was a lie. And we continue to this day, mostly black and brown people, to try to make that lie a truth so that it's no longer a lie. Uh, and those rights and privileges uh, are enjoyed by people of color. Just- All right. So, so he jumps from 400 years ago 
or even 140 or 50 years ago, to today. Nothing in between. Not a civil war. Not a civil rights battle. Not the 82nd Airborne. That's right, the Insurrection Act was used by Eisenhower and, and Kennedy and even by Johnson and Truman. None of it matters. Because America was born and will always be an unjust, racist society. You heard it from him. And he's embarrassed as a white person. Has this man ever been to a battlefield? A Civil War battlefield? Does he know anything about what took place during the Civil War? Has he ever been to any of these battlefields? To honor the Union soldiers? To honor them. To honor the Union soldiers, hundreds of thousands of whom were white and died. This is why this identity politics is so poisonous. Reconstruction was a disaster because of Lincoln's assassination. And because Ulysses S. Grant strongly believed in Reconstruction. And in the first term, he was moving strongly towards that. But the second term, Democrats won the House of Representatives and blocked everything. I talked about It's not just Walter Williams, it's Shelby Steele, it's Bob Woodson, none of whom are white. They talk about what's going on in these poor inner city, mostly minority communities today. It is horrific in some of these neighborhoods. Well, there's almost no white people, like Greg Popovich doesn't live there. Stephen Curry doesn't live there. Max... It's Kellerman. doesn't live there. They should address the problems that exist that are going on right now. And what Greg Popovich should say in his video, nobody gives a damn, but I'm just pointing it out. Look how quickly local, state, and federal law enforcement got on top of this case and indicted this man within 72 hours. I've never seen anything like it. And now the original charge of third-degree murder has been moved to second-degree murder. And I hear the loudmouths going on. It should be first-degree, first-degree. Really? Well, you've got to prove it. And the problem with first-degree is premeditated. But was, no, no, premeditated, like you're plotting and planning ahead of time, ahead of the actual confrontation. The reason why Keith X is not going to bring first-degree is he's afraid he'll lose it, and then all hell will break loose. But even if he's convicted of second-degree murder, he'll never see the light of day again. Period. None of them will. None of them will. Let's listen to the NFL commissioner, who's an enormously wealthy man who lives in a white neighborhood, who was born of privilege. Now he's seen the light. Go ahead. 
It has been a difficult time for our country, <clears throat> in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn... What, 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 what? Did Aubrey? Was that police brutality? I didn't think the cops were involved. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. But anyway, go ahead. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. All right, let's stop. Anybody out there not condemn racism? Then you shouldn't be listening to this show if you don't. But the systematic oppression of black people, is that what he said, Mr. Producer? The systematic oppression of black people? There's no systematic oppression of any people in this country. You know, you have absolute mobility in this country. You can come in, you can leave, you can move from state to state, city to city. Where's the systematic oppression of black people or any people? And he's just figured this out, by the way. He never thought this way before. thought Kaepernick was all washed up and all that. Now it's all of a sudden he sees, listen to this. This guy is a corporate lawyer. He's been with the NFL forever. His daddy was a uh, United States senator. He is uh, considered fairly intelligent. Not by me, but by others. And all of a sudden, he's been commissioner, I don't know how long, he's been the general counsel of the NFL. He's lived a life as the son of a senator. All of a sudden, he sees the oppression of the black community. He didn't see it last week. He didn't see it a month ago. He didn't see it last year. He didn't see when Kaepernick was, uh, was taking the knee. Now he sees it. Unbelievable. Go ahead. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out. Why are you listening to NFL players? Why don't you get off your fat ass and go into these communities and see what's going on? Goodell, you don't need interpreters by multimillionaires in the NBA or the NFL or Hollywood or anything else. If you were serious about this, I haven't been listening, you know, to our players. How about you listen to the people in the community? How about you go and talk to the people whose little businesses were burned down. Or the people who were scared to death to come out at night. Why don't you go talk to those people, Mr. Commissioner? Well, there's nothing in it for him. That's why. He's trying to tamp down the players. Go ahead. We, the National Football League. Let me ask you about we, the National Football League. Do you know who Lee uh, Housley is, Mr. Commissioner? Do you know who she is? She's the lady all over the internet whose store, she's a partner in a little store, a little deli that was burned down and looted. Why don't you go talk to her rather than LeBron LeBron James and see what she has to say? But you're not going to do that, are you? Go ahead. Believe Black Lives Matter. Now, Black Lives Matter was founded on and has a history of strident anti-Semitism. But everybody wants to stand with Black Lives Matter. In other words, you can't even say, I want to stand with the black community 
that there is oppression of black people. But even more, I got to stand with Black Lives Matter, which is a stridently anti-Semitic organization. One of its founders was, all you have to do is go on the Internet and look. You could see that synagogues were desecrated, as were kosher restaurants on the West Coast, a kosher restaurant in Washington, D.C., with anti-Semitic language. Oh, Mark, Mark, that's just a handful of people. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about systematically. Stuff are systemic. No, no, you don't understand. That's not systemic. Oh, okay. I'll be right back. Mark In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Through just about everything. Phones, cars, shopping. Yet mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep. But we deserve better, and finally the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The secret to Purple is the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. Purple's for everybody, no matter how you sleep. Purple's designed over 2,800 open-air channels and naturally temperature-neutral gel. You'll never sleep too hot, you'll never sleep too cold. The Purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. You can count on resting easy night after night, year after year, because the ultra-durable Purple Grid won't sink or lose shape. Purple's so confident in what they do, listen to this, that every Purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. Nobody does that. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash Levin using promo code L-E-V-I-N. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off Purple Mattress order, $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash Levin, promo code Levin. Terms apply. I've got a lot more. I hope you'll stick with me. We'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. The voice liberals fear most. 
And you can call Mark at 877-381-3811. I'm happy to come on ESPN with one of these panels and debate the, mem- the panel members. I'd love to do it. 24 people were murdered in Chicago over the last two weekends. 24 human beings. All of whom were African Americans or Hispanic Americans. The cops didn't kill a single one. The founders had nothing to do with it. Systemic racism had nothing to do with it. 24. And it's not even discussed on ESPN. It's not even discussed by the commissioner of the NFL or LeBron James or Steph Curry or this clown Popovich. It's barely mentioned on the news channels. 24 human beings. Now, can you imagine if we disband the police? They want to disband the police because they want to disband America. It's that simple. In New York, a big spike in killings over the weekend. Big spike in killings, unrelated to the riots. Not a word. And now Black Lives Matter is demanding that the police be disbanded. And then so the the propagandists for Black Lives Matter and the Democrats, well, they don't mean actually disband, just the, the training and cut their budget. And, no, they mean disband. Nancy Pelosi, do you think Black Lives Matter demand to defund the police is okay? Now listen to this. Go on and on and on. Cut 25. Go. So there are all kinds of ways that we come at this. Uh, the fact that the distinguished chairwoman mentioned, uh, this isn't, we, and as she has said and others have said, we want to work with our uh, police departments. There are many who take pride in their work. <clears throat> and we want to be able to make sure that the focus is on them. But there are many things we call upon our police departments to deal with mental health issues, policing in schools and the rest, that we could rebalance some of our funding to address some of those issues more directly. Uh, But this isn't about that, and that should not be the story that leaves here. The story that leaves here is, as Mr. Clyburn said, liberty and justice for all. Mr. Mr., um, Schumer has mentioned that as well here and in the uh, emancipation. Look how panicky she is. Look how scared she is of her lunatic left. She's already taken a knee. And that's the demand of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is demanding to fund the police. Now, they know they're going to lose law-abiding citizens in this country if they run with that banner. But on the other hand, they're so committed to their violent base. They're kind of caught in a little bit of a jam here. Go ahead. Rest that we could rebalance some of our funding to address some of those issues more directly. Uh, But this isn't about that, and that should not be the story that leaves here. The story that leaves here is, as Mr. Clyburn said... She goes on for almost four minutes and doesn't say, no, we should not defund the police. Right, Mr. Producer? Not once. It's very simple to say. And you say, we need to protect the people in these communities. 
And they need protection. And we can rebalance and all the rest, but she doesn't say. Kamala Harris, who was an attorney general of California and has been criticized for some of her decisions and prosecutions, some of her harshness. Now she's down for the revolution. Listen to her on The View, asked specifically by Meghan McCain. Cut 26, go. I just want to know from you, do you support defunding and removing police from American communities? And if not, why do you think there's such a a hard time being differentiated right now between defunding and reforming police departments? So, Megan, I think that a big part of this conversation really is about reimagining how we do public safety in America. Now, by by the way, America, listen to their BS. Listen to their bullcrap. Rebalancing, reimagining. Well, why weren't they rebalancing and reimagining before? They've controlled these cities for at least half a century. Well, we're reimagining, we're rebalancing. I thought it was a revolution. No, we're reimagining and rebalancing. That's what we're rebalance, reimagine. We got, we've got to just, you know, balance and imagine here. Go ahead. I support, which is this. We have confused the, the idea that to achieve safety. A, see, they have no ideas. None whatsoever. And by the way, this is how they want to deal with the cops. How do they want to deal with education? Nobody asked them. How do they want to deal with, with having enterprise and prosperity and opportunity in these communities? Don't ask them. They're not going to have, they don't have an answer. Don't ask the question. They don't have an answer. We've got to rebalance and reimagine and reimage and go ahead. Cops on the street, instead of understanding to achieve safe and healthy communities, you put more resources into the public education system of those communities. Into no, no, no. You don't put more resources in. You have freedom in education, choice in education. In other words, Kamala, pretend education is abortion. And then you'll understand the language. Choice. A mother should have a choice for her child, right? And we're not even talking about extinguishing a life. We're talking about lighting a flame of opportunity. Go ahead. Into home ownership, into access to capital for small businesses, access to health And the way you do that is what? Burn down your communities? Pretend Antifa doesn't exist? Pretend Black Lives Matter is a uh, peaceful organization? Is that how you do it? That we're going to get money in here, and this is how we're going to... No, you're not. You're killing these cities. What's left of them? Particularly the poor parts of the cities. You're destroying them. Go ahead. Of, of how much money people have. By the way, where does she live? Does she live in any of these communities? No, she doesn't. Why not? Well, she chooses not to. She chooses to live with the systemically racist people. Black, white, whatever. Just people who are a bit well. She chooses to live with them. Oh. Is she systemically racist? No. She's down for the revolution. Go ahead achieve safe and healthy communities. And so we really do need to understand and reimagine what and how we can actually make and help make communities safe. Because here's the bottom line. Um, If you contrast, you know, many communities which are... Hello, hello. Should we defund the police? The answer is, no, of course not. Why can't you say it? America, this is the Democrat Party. They run the cities, and they run them into the ground. 
They run these blue states and they run them into the ground. They have no answers. We just need more money. Poured through the same crony crooks in the Democrat Party, the same nepotism, the same bureaucracy, the same damn programs. $22 trillion, as Bob Woodson mentioned last night on my Fox show. $22 million. Excuse me, trillion dollars. of Yeah, just a few more trillion. That'll get us there. Go ahead. The police to middle and upper middle uh, class. Be quiet. You don't know what the hell you're saying. But it's Trump's fault. We'll get to that. It's Trump. We got to reimagine. But attack Trump. We don't have to reimagine. You want real reform, real significant revolutionary change in the inner cities. Get rid of these Democrats. Think outside the box. Think about individuals, not groups. Think about enterprise, not subsidies. Think about good schools and school choice, not necessarily neighborhood crime-ridden schools. But no, we can't do that. We're bought and paid for by the NEA, and we got these programs, and the mayors are with us, and they turn out the vote. You understand. Now, I decided to take a look. Do all my own research here. Ask Mr. Producer. I decided to take a look. I got to think, how many interracial marriages are there in this country? Seriously, I said, that could tell us something. So I found GlobalTimes.cn from uh, July 18, 2019, so a year ago. Number of interracial marriage increasing in the U.S. I said, oh, that's interesting. The general attitude toward mixed marriages has changed dramatically. Back in the 50s, only around 5% of people were okay with it. Today, more than 80% of the population approves of it. Do you know what percentage of marriages are interracial? Let's see. Since 1980, the number of black spouses who intermarried has increased from 5% to 18%. While the number of whites who've intermarried has increased from 4% to 11%. According to Pew Research Center, which analyzed figures for the U.S. Census Bureau, a growing share of adults say interracial marriage is generally a good thing for American society, and they say a close relative marrying someone of a different race or ethnicity is fine. This is from, of course, a society that's uh, systemically racist. And it shows uh, Asians, more Asians marry someone of a different race than other ethnicities, around 29%. That's like one in three. Hispanics are the next most likely to marry outside of their group, 27%. That's like one in four. Since 1990, it goes into this different ethnic groups. Overall, the number of marriages, new marriages, that were looked at here, in 2019, that were interracial was 17%. That's almost one in five marriages in America interracial. Does that sound like the American people are systemically racist? Why is it that I have to dig in and find this stuff? I know in my heart, in my mind, I know in my soul that this is a magnificent country. So I go look, and the facts prove it. Why isn't this this mentioned by the NFL commissioner? 
Why isn't this mentioned on ESPN? Why isn't this mentioned on CNN and MSNBC? Why aren't these headlines? Why should we be celebrating this? No, no. Vote Democrat. That's our salvation. Vote Democrat. That's the salvation. Disband the police. That'll fix it. Val Demings on CBS this morning. She was a police chief. I believe in Georgia, but I could be wrong. It was Florida. I'm sorry. Right. She would not say that dismantling a police department in Minneapolis should be opposed. She would not say so. Karen Bass, I believe she's with the Congressional Black Caucus. She wouldn't say if she supports defunding the police. In other words, they won't say no. So Pelosi won't say no. Demings won't say no. Bass won't say no. Almost none of them will say no. Joe Biden says he opposes it. But his party's for it. And Joe Biden says we are a systemically racist society. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of the new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs, is it? That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitments. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. So for as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 800-CAR-6000 and mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com and use code L-E-V-I-N. That's 800-CAR-6000 or carshield.com and use code LEVIN in either case and save 10%. That's 10%. A deductible may apply. I'll be right back. I want to thank the police officers all over this country. And I want to thank the National Guard that's been brought into various cities. I want to thank you all. You don't deserve what's being done to you. You don't deserve what's being said about you. We have crooked lawyers. We have some teachers who molest their students. All kinds of sick people out there in all walks of life. But we don't destroy their professions. Even politicians, can you imagine that? Even mayors and governors, can you imagine that? Even so-called civil rights leaders like Al Sharpton. Many of us remember Crown Heights. But we don't attack everybody. We don't dehumanize an entire group of people. We look at human beings as individuals here. I am sorry the men and women of the NYPD have had to go through this, as well as other police forces. And they're very diverse communities. These police departments are extremely diverse. 
More so than Hollywood, by the way. More so than, than the commissioner's office of any league. Or the owners. Even more diverse than ESPN. Our military, our police forces are very, very diverse. And that's by design. We want them to be diverse. We want them to represent every aspect of their communities. I am deeply sorry on behalf of the nation what you officers all over the country have had to go through. And I want to thank you. You've done a hell of a job. Hell of a job. I want to thank the National Guard, men and women from every community in this country, all races, patriots. We will never take a knee to dishonor any of you. And I want to thank you too. Summer's finally here, ladies and gentlemen. A summer like no other in so many ways. And Chamonix celebrating with your sale, with a sale like no other. Right now, get the classic Genesel for bags and puffiness. And the jawline treatment in Chamonix will double your order for free. Whether you're staying home, going back to work, or simply connecting remotely with your loved ones and co-workers, now's the time to say goodbye to puffiness, dark spots, crow's feet, even firm up the delicate skin around the jawline and neck area. You'll get compliments or simply get 100% of your money back. It's time for you to emerge strong, positive, confident, and beautiful. Order Genesel now and Chamonix will double your order free. Go to Genesel.com or call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604 or Genesel.com. And for results in minutes, the Genesel immediate effects is also free plus shipping. Get double your order free now. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping Genesel.com, Genesel.com, or 800-SKIN-604. I want to insist that the Democrat prosecutors and Democrat investigators in California find the mobsters who desecrated the synagogues out there and charge them with hate crimes. I insist that Mariel Bowser put down her paintbrush and find the mobsters who broke the windows at the kosher restaurant. And charge them with hate crimes. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Michelle Obama to 2020 graduates. For those of you who feel invisible, please know that your story matters. But not to her. Do you realize what an incredibly historic opportunity the Obamas had to affect unity in this nation? What are they doing now? Oh, they'll go to a commencement speech. He'll put out a video now and then. He wants you to vote Democrat for Biden, of course. What have they done? They've become enormously wealthy using their post-presidency 
for books, Netflix. They travel the world with their billionaire, millionaire friends, most of whom are white. I mean, race is race. Well, you want to bring it up? I'm talking about it. And then they spend just enough time talking to people how they're invisible. How much time have they spent in these communities since they've left office? I mean, other than building his library. Because, truthfully, most of these poor people in the inner city are invisible to the Obamas. They simply are. I'm not putting up with this hypocrisy anymore. And so they come out just long enough to get praised by the Praetorian Guard media that hates Trump, that loves him, to get praised by other Democrats in Hollywood and sports and broadcasting and so forth as the first black president, the first black first lady. But just think about how they could have really affected this society in such positive ways. And they didn't. Not because of systemic racism, because they've chosen a different course. Enormous wealth, mansions, not even in white communities, in super-duper rich communities, white whatever they are. All right, I want to deal with this. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney marches yesterday. I don't know what this guy thinks he's doing. I guess he's trying to build a legacy. He's trying to show he's a civil rights leader. Tell me when he was governor, when he was a businessman, when he was a presidential guy. Was he a civil rights leader of any kind? No, of course not. He was a rhino. But now he's the anti-Trump. You've heard of the anti-Christ? Well, this is the anti-Trump. He's the anti-Trump, and this is how he intends to make his creds. This is what he intends to do to make his legacy. But this is really quite disgraceful. So I'll tell you why in a minute. I know he wasn't one of the rioters. He was a peaceful marcher, of course. Cut 11, go. Hey, Senator, why is it important for you to be out here today? We need a voice against racism. We so need we, we, need, we need a voice against racism amidst the guy. With his long career in speaking out against racism. In Massachusetts and Utah and Michigan. You ought to see the mansions this guy has. Another guy who speaks for the community in which he doesn't live. I don't even know if he's ever walked there. Well, Mark, what about you? I never claimed to live in, quote-unquote, these communities, but I spent a hell of a lot of time in North Philadelphia taking public transportation, going to Temple University, going to Temple Law School. I was not born with a golden spoon in my mouth. I didn't complain about it. There wasn't any race, there weren't any race issues. It just was what it was. Go ahead. Hey, Senator, why is it important for you to be out here today? We need a voice against racism. We need many voices against racism and against brutality. We need to stand up and say that black lives matter. Black lives matter. Now, black lives do matter, and all lives do matter. But the organization Black Lives Matter is a radical, violent, anti-Semitic organization. And he stands for that, apparently. I don't know what he stands for. Like I said, he's the anti-Trump. But he's been in public office a long time, in public life a long time. All of a sudden, another guy who's just awakened to what's going on. I just woke up to it. To what? 
There's systemic racism. It's just a matter. The NFL commissioner, there's oppression against black. He, what, in the last week he sees it. He's got a whole life, but just sees it in the last. Romney, just sees it in the last week. These are opportunists, ladies and gentlemen. These are opportunists. They're frauds. They're fakes. Colin Powell. See, this is the game. All these ex-generals, all of a sudden they come out. They never talk to each other. Can you imagine that, Mr. Bidu? They just happen to come out all at once. And they get all kinds of cool attention from the media, who hate the military, but love these ex-generals. The Obama generals, some of the Trump generals. As I told you, we did our history lesson last week. Lincoln fired seven generals. Can you imagine if we had today going, they'd be bringing them in. Yeah, what did Lincoln say? Oh, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln's, uh, what, he suspended habeas corpus and shut down newspaper? I could hear Colin Powell. I could hear Mattis and Kelly. But I want you to keep something in mind. Colin Powell, as I posted on my social sites yesterday, hasn't voted for a Republican president in three presidential elections. He voted for Obama twice against his good friends, John McCain and Romney. Now, why did he do that? Because of identity politics. That's why. It's pure and simple. Powell knew Obama had no serious substantive background. He'd been in the Senate two years. Before that, he was a part-time law professor and a community activist. That's presidential. But he backs him against McCain, who's his old friend, and he backs him against Romney a new civil rights leader. But now he goes home with Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper, man, I'll tell you what, that guy's some reporter. He I have an idea. Let me bring in Colin Powell. We know he's going to hate Trump. And so what happens? Cut 12, go. I'm very happy with what General Allen said and all the other generals, admirals are saying, and diplomats are saying. Now, wait a minute. All these generals... Oh. The vast majority of generals haven't spoken, retired or active duty. The vast majority of diplomats haven't spoken. But even if they had, look who we're talking about. Where do you think the veterans stand on this, ladies and gentlemen? You think a majority of them support the president? Absolutely. You think a majority of the National Guard support the president? Absolutely. You think a majority of the regular military supports the president? Absolutely. Which is why the liberals and the Democrats are constantly trying to destroy their ballots before we can count them. But no, Colin Powell's the guy. He's the one we want to hear from. Colin Powell, enormously unethical, who kept information from prosecutors that his deputy, the deputy secretary of state, was the one that leaked Valerie Plame's name. Not Scooter Libby. And he just sat there and wouldn't say a word while Libby was being prosecuted. That's the kind of guy we need to hear from. The guy who said there's all kinds of weapons of mass destruction. No, no. See, what they do is they rebuild the the reputations of these guys, who they hate, but they rebuild. Because if they're going to say something that they can use, call it news, create headlines to try and defeat Trump, that's what they're going to do. These networks, they have... John Dean, Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, James Clapper, Jim Brennan, 
James, come bring them all in, baby. Doesn't matter. They had a porn star. Then they had her slob of a lawyer. Didn't matter. Whatever works. Go ahead. Constitution. And we have to follow the Constitution. And the president's drifted away from it. How has the president drifted away from the Constitution? Exactly which part, Colin Powell? He's not asked. Because Jake Tapper doesn't know the Constitution either. He didn't even like the Constitution. Remember, it was, it was adopted and ratified in part by slave owners. So it's to be dismissed, according to the New York Times, of the 1619 Project. Go ahead. I'm so proud of what these generals and admirals have done and others have done. But you know, I didn't write a letter because I made my point with respect to Trump's performance some four years ago when he was running Wow, you were really prescient. You mean Trump who built up the military? After your guy Obama eviscerated it, that Trump? After Trump stood strong against the Iranian Islamo-Nazi regime? Were your guys sold out to them and ensured that they get $150 billion? That Trump? Where Trump has been the best president in support of Israel and against terrorism in modern times? That Trump? You had a problem with that? Trump? With criminal justice reform, so-called, I don't even support it, but so that's fine. That Trump, Trump with enterprise zones, Trump who put more money into historically black colleges than Obama did? And what part exactly of the Constitution did he violate? No part. Go ahead. And when I heard some of the things he was saying, it made it clear that I could not possibly vote for this individual. The first thing that troubled me is... No, 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 you, you didn't vote for McCain and Romney. So now you're just, you're just laying it on now. First thing that bothered him was the birther movement. Go ahead. Birther's movement. And birther's movement had it to do with the fact that the president of the United States, President Obama, was a black man. That was- first of all, it was a stupid thing, and I never supported it. I always denounced it, and I was attacked for it. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's a black man. Nothing. That's an inference that you wish to draw in order to create that narrative. Go ahead. Part of it. And then I was deeply troubled by the way in which he was going around insulting everybody, insulting Gold Star Mothers, insulting John McCain. He wasn't insulting Gold Star Mothers. That Gold Star father attacked the president and he attacked back. You don't even provide the information. And I bet if we ask the majority of Gold Star families who they support in their, to this election, they'll also say Trump. As well as a majority of the parents of children who've been killed from illegal immigrants. I bet they'll support Trump too. Go ahead. Immigrants, and I'm the son of immigrants. He wasn't insulting, insulting immigrants. He's defended law-abiding immigrants. Defended them. Go ahead. Anybody who dared to speak against him. And that is dangerous for our democracy. It's dangerous for our country. And I think what we're seeing... Yeah, the president dares to speak out against anyone who speaks against him. The Obama administration, which he supports, put spies in the the, uh, candidate's campaign, Trump. They abused the FBI and the FISA system and counterintelligence system like no president in American history. But Trump, you know, Trump speaks out. He he should... No, no, no. And what did Colin Powell say about all those unconstitutional activities? Not a damn thing. 
They appoint a special counsel without any legal basis. So it's illegal. What did Colin Powell say about not a damn thing? The phony Russia collusion, what does Powell say? Not a damn thing. The unconstitutional impeachment of the president and the way Nancy Pelosi undermined several hundred years of tradition in the House. What did he say about it? Not a thing about the Constitution, not a word. Michael Flynn, a colleague, another general who he doesn't mention, set up by the Obama administration. Look at the documents. What does he say about it? Not a word. Nothing. Who was vice president at the time? Joe Biden. Is he concerned about the Constitution? No. Now, he brings up this birther issue, which was an outrageous issue, I admit. But what about the Russia collusion issue? Does he have a problem with that? Not a word. But Trump's the danger to the Constitution. Trump's what we have to fear. What a fool. What an absolute fool. He says more, but why should I bother you with it? Absolute fool. I'll be right back. Mark in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Remember when the uh, NYPD and the uh, FDNY, the fire department in New York, remember when they were called first responders? Remember when we used to honor them and praise them? Remember when John Stewart, John Stewart made much of fighting for them? What happened to those first responders? Well, they're still there. It's the same men and women. You notice how they don't call them first responders in the media anymore? Those were the men and women who ran up those twin towers. They're trying to alert people and save people of all colors. They weren't thinking of color. Nobody was thinking of race. Not a single person. America was united around our first responders. They're the same people. It's the same police force. It hasn't changed. If they were oppressing, as the NFL commissioner said, not just of them, but of everybody. 
if it was systematically racist? Why didn't anybody tell us back then? Because it's a lie. We have a fifth column in this country made up of all kinds of elements of Marxist anarchists like Black Lives Matter that uses race to cover their ideology or Antifa, which is quite out front about their ideology and other left-wing groups, violent groups that seek to overthrow the nation. Martin Luther King didn't seek to overthrow the nation. He would cite the Declaration and the Constitution constantly. Abraham Lincoln didn't allow the nation to be overthrown. Overthrown. What happened to our first responders? They're being brutalized. Being brutalized where the media tells us this is a peaceful demonstration. Brutalized. Do you know how many horses have been injured, Mr. Producer? Many. We don't know the number. But those bricks and those Molotov cocktails and all the other stuff they're throwing, a lot of horses were injured. Does that bother anybody? No. Well, I think of horses at a time like this, Mark. Some of them have had their, I don't know if you can't, they're not noses, snouts, but have had them broken. Doesn't matter. You got a mixture of people here. And the media want to focus on certain types of people as opposed to other types of people. Give me an example. How much time do I have, Rich? Not enough. When we come back, I want you to hear from this protester who was calling on Fox News Saturday. As I was watching him, my eyes popped out of my head. The reporter at the time didn't say a thing. One of the hosts didn't say a thing. But Eric Sean, to his great credit, he saw it, he heard it, and he would have none of it. While Mitt Romney and the commissioner of the NFL and so many others stand by Black Lives Matter... I want you to hear one of their, what one of their members had to say on Saturday. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877 381 3811. You have people like the Commissioner of the NFL, you have people like Mitt Romney standing with Black Lives Matter. Well, here's a protester 
who claim to be part of Black Lives Matter. Cut 15, go. You know, I'm a leader of this FTP movement. It means a lot of things. It can mean free the people. It can mean for the people. It could also mean fire to property. You know, and that's very possible. Tonight I'm leading a demonstration from Barclay Center at 6 p.m. to City Hall. And that's the first stop. And we're hoping de Blasio and Cuomo come out and talk to us and give the youth some direction. But if they don't, the next stop is the Diamond District. And gasoline, thanks to Trump, is awfully cheap. Uh, those are outrageous words to say basically that the person was uh, basically suggesting that they plan to uh, go to uh, the Diamond District, which is run basically by uh, Orthodox uh, Jews here in New York City. Certainly hope uh, that is not the case, and we do not endorse or, uh, in fact, we condemn uh, that type of language uh, here on the Fox News Channel. Someone saying that uh, certainly should be called out in terms of uh, any type of uh, potential threat of any sort that we just heard live from uh, someone who's interviewed here uh, on this channel. Now, most of you are not Jewish who are listening to this program. But I want you to think about this. This common threat in anti-Semitism with Black Lives Matter, the rioters, and some of the protesters. What does that remind you of? The burning of storefronts. What does that remind you of? And you hear virtually nothing about this. In fact, some of the liberal media has said that I and, and other sources that point this out, we are purposely misspeaking or misinterpreting or misinforming you about Black Lives Matter. Go, go study it yourself. Suddenly it's a hip thing, you see. It's a hip thing to be for this group. There's nothing hip about it. Nothing. Now, through all this, Colin Powell, these ex-generals, not coincidentally, I'm sure it's coordinated in one form or another, have attacked the commander-in-chief. Even worse than that, they've claimed that he is threatening the Constitution of the United States. The Democrat Party, which is responsible for all of this, all of it, the Democrat voters, the Democrat cities, the Democrat states, the Democrat policies, the Democrat chiefs of police, whatever you want to say. It's all Democrat. No Republicans, no Trump. Trump just showed up three and a half years ago. And we're told this is systemic. It's been going on for decades. Okay, what's it have to do with Trump? Absolutely nothing. And yet, according to CNN, I I understand, consider the source, but according to CNN, he's 14 points behind. Biden. Who's been in the United States Senate for something like 36 years and was Obama's vice president while this oppression and systemic racism was taking place. And he didn't do a damn thing about it. Now, if it's all around you, and it is, as we're hearing, then why wouldn't you do something about it? You're a Democrat. Biden hasn't, he hasn't denounced a single mayor who's a Democrat, a single state, with the governor as a Democrat. None. They attack Trump. Trump's not unifying us. There's riots in the streets, but Trump's not unifying us. Trump's considering triggering the Insurrection Act, which has been triggered many, many, many times in the last hundred years by presidents, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. But Trump, you see, wants to turn the military on the people. That's not what he wants to do. In fact, he didn't trigger The Insurrection Act. He thought about it. 
he's got a, a rogue Secretary of Defense. This guy, Esper, is a disaster. He's outrageous. And these ex-generals. But you see, it's Trump who was the danger. It's Trump who's the dictator. It's Trump who did the photo op. Not Pelosi today and the other Democrats taking a knee for nine minutes or whatever it was. No, no, no. You got Sharpton out there. The usual players. The usual players. But it's Trump's fault. Look at all the chaos and anarchy that's going on in these cities. Trump's fault. Now, Trump wanted to step in. He want, No, no, no. What are you, dictator? But somehow it's Trump's fault. And it's the fault of the first responders. This election is crucial. I wrote a book called Liberty and Tyranny. This is an election between liberty and tyranny. This is it. It's come down to this election. You've got these never-Trumpers who defame Lincoln's name, calling it the Lincoln Project. They're running a bunch of sickening ads with Confederate flags suggesting that the President of the United States is somehow a segregationist. Doesn't get any worse than that. So they're inflaming the public. They're inflaming communities. That is the, the George Conway organization. Obviously working with, uh, with Romney. Obviously having the backing of many of the Bush people. That's what's going on here. You're going to put the party who's, that is responsible for this in charge? Yes, vote Democrat. At the end of this. Sharpton wants you to vote Democrat. Colin Powell wants you to vote Democrat. The NFL wants you to vote Democrat. The NBA wants you to vote Democrat. They're all Democrats. Vote Democrat. Even though the president had nothing to do it. In fact, the president has done more in these various communities than Obama and Biden in eight years. In eight years. But it doesn't matter. Glenn Lowry is also African-American, and most of you never heard of him because he's not called on to speak in various media outlets. They have their special minority representatives, and the more radical, the better. And he writes here at the City Journal, last week in the aftermath of the national fury that has erupted and continues over the apparent killing by a Minneapolis police officer of a black man. So he used the word apparent, which is legally correct, but I'm sure that'll get him in trouble. George Floyd... While he was being taken into custody, a letter appeared in my inbox from Christina Paxton, president of Brown University, which I te- where I teach. The letter sent to thousands of students, staff, and faculty was co-signed by many of Brown's senior administrators and deans. It said in part, we write to you today as leaders of this university to express first deep sadness, but also anger regarding the racist incidents that continue to cut short the lives of black people every day. It continues... The sadness comes from knowing that this is not a mere moment for our country. This is historical, lasting, and persistent. Structures of power, deep-rooted histories of oppression, as well as prejudice, outright bigotry, and hate directly and personally affect the lives of millions of people in this nation every minute and every hour. Black people continue to live in fear for themselves, their children, and their communities. At times in fear, the very systems and structures that are supposed to be in place to ensure safety and justice. Lowry, again an African American, he writes, I found the letter deeply disturbing. I was moved to compose the following response, which I shared with a colleague. I'm happy now to share it with the City Journal's readership. Dear fill in the blank, I was disturbed by the letter from Brown's senior administration. It was obviously the product of a committee, professors, 
or someone of similar sensibility, wrote a manifesto to which the president and senior administrative leadership have dutifully affixed their names. In other words, the faculty. I wondered why such a proclamation was necessary. Either it affirmed platitudes to which we can all subscribe, or more menacingly, it asserted controversial and arguably uh, inarguable positions as though they were axiomatic certainties. It trafficked in these social justice warriors' pedantic language and sophomoric nostrums. It invoked race gratuitously and unreflectively at every turn. It often presumed that what remains to be established. It often elided pertinent differences between the many instances cited. It read in part like a loyalty oath. It declares in every paragraph, we hold these truths to be self-evident. And just what truths are these? The main one, the racial domination and white supremacy, define our national existence even now a century and a half after the end of slavery? I deeply resented the letter. First of all, what makes an administrator, even a highly paid one with an exalted title, a leader of this university? We, the faculty, the only leaders worth a mention when it comes to the realm of ideas. Who cares what some paper-pushing apparatchik thinks? It's all a bit creepy and unsettling. Why must this university's senior administration declare on behalf of the institution as a whole, and with one voice, that they unanimously, without any subtle differences of emphasis or nuance, interpret contentious events through a single lens? They write sentences such as, quote, We have been here before and in fact have never left. Really? This is nothing but propaganda. Is it supposed to be self-evident that every death of an unarmed black man at the hands of a white person tells the same story? They speak of deep-rooted systems of oppression, legacies of hate, no elaboration required here, no specification of where Brown might stand within such a system, no nuance or complexity. Is it obvious that hate, as opposed to incompetence or fear or cruelty or poor training or lack of accountability or a brutal police culture or panic or malfeasance, is what we observed in Minneapolis? We're called upon to effect change. Change from what to what exactly? Evidently, we're now all charged to promote the policy agenda of the progressive wing of American politics. Is this what a university is supposed to be doing? I must object. This is no reasoned ethical reflection. Rather, it is indoctrination, virtue signaling, and the transparent carrying of favor with our charges. The roster of Brown's so-called leaders who signed this manifesto in lockstep Remind me of a Soviet Politburo making some party-line declaration. I can only assume that the point here is to forestall any student protest by declaring the university to be on the right side of history. And what I found most alarming, though, is is that no voice was given to what one might have thought would be a university's principal intellectual contribution to the national debate at its current moment, namely, to affirm the primacy of reason over violence and calibrating our reactions to the supposed oppression. Equally troubling were our president's promises to focus the university's instructional and, and research sources on fighting for social justice around the world, without any mention of the problematic and ambiguous character of those movements, which, over the past two centuries or more, have self-consciously defined themselves in such terms, from the French and Russian revolutions through the upheavals of the 1960s. My bottom line, I'm offended by the letter. It frightens, saddens, and angers me. Sincerely, Glenn Lowry. Again, an African-American. Have you seen him on TV? No. And you won't. And you won't. 
I'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, I got through a ton today that I needed to get through. Not everything. There's more I wanted to discuss. The great Tom Cotton and the despicable New York Times. New York Times is dead now. It should have been dead before after uh, what Stalin did to the Ukrainians. And, of course, it covered up for Stalin and it covered up Hitler and the Holocaust. That should have been it. But it's, 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 it's revealed itself once and for all. At least to us. Bob Woodson, I can't. We had two great gentlemen. Shelby Steele and Bob Woodson who've been on my show before on Fox, but I hope you've been watching Life, Liberty, and Levin. Of course, the two weeks before you couldn't because it was preempted, but we had a a Grand Slam show this Sunday because of them, not me. And I don't have a lot of time here. It's the end, but I want you to listen to what Bob Woodson had to say when I posed this question to him. Cut 24, go. You mentioned Barack Obama for eight years. Obama, Biden, President of the United States, he has uh, two attorneys general, both African-Americans, the head of Department of Homeland Security, African-American. He runs the federal government. The Democrats run the cities. Many of these cities are in Democrat states. He now talks about systemic racism. In these communities that you've been involved in, did the Obama administration make a difference? Just seriously, very simple answer. They, They made it worse. He really made it worse. How so? That's why, that's, well, because he, he, he was supposed to be the great healer, and he made a speech at Morehouse University touting young black men to be responsible fathers, and the first time he was attacked by Jesse Jackson, he, he backed off and then went, retreated back to racial, uh, racial defense of institutional racism. He pledged to make a difference in, on that area, and the moment he was attacked— Viciously by Jesse Jackson. Next thing he knew, he withdrew from that platform. So, the fact that school choice did he support school choice? No, he opposed it. That's why I told you in in Florida, the gubernatorial race, he campaigned for Gilliam, who was against school choice, and a hundred thousand black parents, low income black parents, voted for DeSantis, the Republican, against Gilliam, the Democrat even though he was supported by Oprah Winfrey and Obama. So low-income blacks have demonstrated a a willingness to break ranks, and we must provide the resources and the means for others to learn from the experience of these grassroots leaders so that more can break ranks. 
Brilliant man, as was Shelby Steele. Now, if you watch any of the uh, group of Discovery Channels, HGTV, the History Channel, some of these others, you've been inundated with commercials informing you that Tuesday and Wednesday, Oprah Winfrey is going to be holding a hugely important event with a bunch of radical left-wing authors and scholars. Not any of the gentlemen I've presented to you to discuss racism, what do we do about it, and what do we demand. The irony, Oprah Winfrey's worth $2.6 billion. I can't tell you how many mansions she has. The perfect irony right there. I want to salute all you heroes out there. Thank you very, very much. And I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.